This is the Outreach.fm podcast, taking the positive message of Jesus Christ to the world, proclaiming He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Broadcasting from the Upper Room Studios to the world, this is Outreach.fm, and this is your host, Pastor William Luffman. Have your Bibles, grab them, run over to Jeremiah chapter 30. Aren't you glad we're in the house of the Lord? David said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Three weeks from yesterday, that would mean the 27th of this month, I will have been a Christian for 44 years and have been in ministry just about all of it. Yesterday, we visited with our newest member of our family, our, I got to count them now, is that fourth? Our fourth great-grandchild, not grandchild, great-grandchild, our fourth great-grandchild was at our house yesterday for seven or eight hours, man, we visited, and it was a cool thing. And uh, I just thought about the goodness of God. Aren't you glad we serve a good God? You know, John Osteen used to say, he's not a mean God, he's a good God. Amen, he's a good God. Father, thank you for the word we're about to receive. We receive it with gladness. We worship you for it in Jesus' name. And all God's people shouted, Amen. I'm going to read from the King James Version, first of all, in Jeremiah chapter, did I say 30? All right, because I'm looking at two different things here, and I'm so excited this morning, I've just about got myself backwards here. He says here, and I want you to understand that Jeremiah saw the 70 years of captivity that God's people would go into. 70 years. Can you imagine 70 years of captivity? We've been in captivity for about three months and we've all been about ready to, to, to do something really drastic. Right? Um, the teacher in me wants to teach a lot of this. And so I have this conflict as a minister that I am a preacher, but I'm also a teacher. And, and I always have a little conflict there because I love to fill in the blanks, so to speak. Preaching is more inspirational and kind of motivational and gets people all, you know, excited. But the teaching side of it gives you revelation, you know, and, and brings transformation. So I always have this conflict whenever I'm up here with the Word of God because I see things I'd like to tell you. But yet, you know, I think, well, but maybe I ought to just preach today and not get too much into all of that. But... The books of the Bible are not in chronological order. That's one thing you need to know. Some are and some aren't. And uh, the book of Ezra, Nehemiah, we just read from Nehemiah the other night. It coincides with Jeremiah, which is several books over from there. And, and if you don't know that, when you read some of these things, you get conflicted on. I thought it was 70 years here, but it was 70 years back, you know, eight books ago. And you have to kind of be able to understand. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. You got to know how to put it together. But I, I won't get into that. I want to. I got to get away from that. I got to get over to the preacher side today. But they are coming. He said they're going to come out of this captivity. And here's what he says is going to happen when they come out of captivity. He said, I will restore health. Everybody say health. I will restore health. Now, I'm telling you that God is going to restore health to our nation. First of all, on a physical level. Now, this is not the first time we've ever had a coronavirus. If you'd looked at every one of your bleaches and every one of your disinfectants before any of this started, every one of them said we kill coronaviruses. This was a different one, but it's not, it's not the first one. It won't be the last one. Amen. 
But I will tell you somehow humanity has made it through. But he said here, I'm going to restore your health unto you and I'll heal you of your wounds. Now wounds can be symbolic of a lot of things. It can be a physical wound. It can be a spiritual wound. It can be an emotional wound. It can be a mental wound. And right now our country's wounded in a lot of ways. But we serve a God that knows how to restore. And when God restores things, he doesn't just put them back where they were because if you go back where you were, then you're going to have the, the, the seed of the problem still there. God wants to correct that so you don't have to do that again. God really doesn't like for you to have to take tests over and over. God wants you to take the test the first time and pass. And never again. He told them when they were getting ready to leave Egypt, he told the children of, children of Israel, he said, take a good look at their faces because you will never see them again. And they didn't see those Egyptians again because they all drowned in the sea. Can you shout amen? amen. I got to hurry. See, the teacher in me wants to put these pieces in there. Because they called you an outcast, saying, this is Zion. Zion is a representative of the church, whom no man seeks after. Thus says the Lord, behold, I'll bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents and have mercy on his dwelling places. And the city shall be builded upon her heap, and the palace shall remain after the manner thereof. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. I'll glorify them, and they shall not be small. Verse 20, their children also shall be as aforetime. And their congregation shall be established before me, and I will punish all that oppress you. Now, I'm going to read it quickly from the message, and I have a couple of statements to make. I'm not going to preach long because there's a couple of things we have to do at the end of this service. And just so you know, so everybody can be in some comfort, we have a machine. We have a spray machine. And I'm telling you, we've disinfected. There couldn't be a fly couldn't live in here. So just so you know that we're going to have to leave promptly at 930 because we're going to close the sanctuary. We're going to get it all disinfected. And we're doing this just because, you know, we're doing this. That's what we're doing. You know, we're trying to do our whatever we can to do. I have the utmost confidence in the Lord, but we know everybody's in different places and different things. We got all that. Amen. But I want to read this from the Message Bible. He says this, I'll turn things around for Jacob. I love that phrase, I'll turn things around. God is about to turn some things around in this nation, in this church, even though we've been in a pretty good place for a long time, but I'm hopeful even in our own lives. He said, I'll compassionately come in and rebuild homes. The town will be rebuilt on its old foundations. The mansions will be splendid again. Thanksgivings will pour out of the windows. Listen to this. Laughter will spill through the doors. Oh, I tell you, there's about to be a celebration. I wanted to pull some cool in the gang out this morning, y'all. All right. Things, listen to what it says. Things will get better and better. Those of you online, things will get better. It says this in the message. Things will get better and better. Depression days are over. That's what it says here. In the Bible, depression days are over. Oh, 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 I'm so conflicted. I have so many things running through my spirit this morning. But I said on Friday night, it's important who you agree with. And what you agree with. That's why you have to filter what you listen to. If you listen to something enough, it will build a thought in you. And if the thought gets in you, it'll get in your spirit. If it gets in your spirit, it becomes a belief. 
And then you're going to have trouble when you try to apply faith to it because now you have a resistance built up. When this all hit our nation back in March, by the 1st of April, we lost one-third of the wealth of this country. It went from, the stock market was 29000 It went to 19000 And if you're like me, I'd paid a little bit into some retirement for 25, 30 years. I got my statement and I almost passed out. I was like, Elizabeth, you know, help me, you know. It was rough. You know what the stock market was Friday when it closed? 27 thousand almost recovered you want to know why not because of the politicians not because of the president no because God's people have taken it seriously this time and they found their altar they found their God and they cried out to God and God said I, I'll turn this around I'll turn this around I know how to turn it around I'll turn things back around God gets the glory God gets the glory. He said things will get better and better. Depression days are over. They'll thrive. This is what God, he's saying when they come back from captivity, here's what he tells Jeremiah to say about the people. They'll thrive. They'll flourish. The days of contempt will be over. They'll look forward to having children again. In other words, people will start planning their lives out again. Get back to living. That's, that's the thing that disheartened me the most about what has happened was I saw how it paralyzed people and how it got, people got into depression and darkness and, and, and it just, it, I, I was saddened to look around the country and, and see our nation and even see God's people in some extent. They were just like they didn't have God. Like they didn't have a savior. They didn't have a Lord. They didn't have an escape route. They didn't have, they didn't have any hope to go by. My job, see my job as your pastor is to put faith in you. And I'll never apologize for putting faith in you. My job is to put the word of God in your heart. My job is to help you drive fear. I can't drive fear out of you. But if you take God's word and put it in your heart and put it in your mouth, it will drive fear out. You have the right to drive it out. You have the right to command it to go. Yes. How many of you have been listening to the messages on the authority of the believer? Woo, yes. man, oh man. Yes. They'll look forward to having children again, to being a community. God says this, in, to be in a community in which I take pride. Whew. And he said, I'll punish anyone who hurts them and their prince will come from their own ranks. Now, I'm telling you, God knows how to put some things together and build people back together. There are some things that have to be fixed in our nation right now. And if we will call on the name of the Lord, he will begin to answer. He said, if you call on me, I'll answer you and show you mighty things that you know not of. God knows how to mend the racial tension of America. There are things that have to be addressed now, but don't, don't fight, let God, don't think that God doesn't know how to move through all of it. God knows how. Let God, trust God to work right now. Trust God, don't, don't, re, don't revert back to what you were taught growing up or the way, no, no, no. I, I sent out a, a, you know, 
Now, I, wanna, I want you to, so I want to come down there, but I promised I'd stay up here because I had the mist of the Spirit coming out. Particles, particles. Well, mine are anointed. I'll just go ahead and tell you. And by the way, how many days are we supposed to stay apart the rest of our life? They said 15 and kill it. We did. They said 30 more and kill it. We did. Well, I mean, how could we have anything? I don't even have B.O. I've been away from everybody so long, I don't even have anything. GP, are you with me? I know you guys are. I've had a couple people say, well, how come you haven't been at the protest? Because I started protesting 30 years ago. I started protesting 30 years ago. I started, I started a different lifestyle where I took what I believed at heart and shared it with everybody that would hear it and through the grace and mercy of God built a church of it. I'm not against the protest. I want you to hear that. But I've had a couple of people go, well, I wish my pastor would be out there. Well, you know what? Some of those people carrying signs would not be out there if they weren't just being noticed. I'm talking about people with this color skin. Some of those same ones are apt to tell a joke when they leave that parking lot. So don't misunderstand where I'm at with this. I am Billy White Shoes Luffman. I wore black and white today for a reason. I don't know if you know that. Everything I do, if you get to follow, if you stay with me very long, everything I do, I do it on purpose. There's always, see, you send a message with your life. You send a message with the way you live. You send a message with the way you treat people. You send, you're always preaching, even when you don't have a Bible in your hand, your life is a, is a sermon. Well, who was it, Augustine or no, St. Francis of Assisi said, you know, preach always and when necessary, use words. In other words, let your life be the sermon. Let your, the way you treat people be the sermon. There was a man named, you might have heard the story, named Johnny Lee Clary. He was a Ku Klux Klansman. He was, his father murdered himself, committed suicide when he was 11, and Johnny watched it as an 11-year-old kid. Watched his father do this. His father did it when Johnny was 11. Uh, committed suicide in front of him. Took a gun, blew his brains out. His mom was a very loose woman, and she took him from man to man to man as he was growing up, and some of them abused him, and he felt rejected, and he wanted to be accepted, and, and sure enough, somebody came along, got him in a gang, and before long, introduced him to the Ku Klux Klan. He became one. He became a grand wizard or whatever they are when you go all the way high. I don't even know what they are, but anyway, he went all the way up the ranks. He sparred with this... Uh, black minister named Wade Watts. He sparred with him. He was on talk shows back in the day, uh, Donahue way back in the day, and he was, uh, he, and all of that. And one day he felt so empty in his life. He walked off the set. He'd been sparring with this black minister and he felt, he, he just, something overwhelmed him. And before you know it, he went to a church. He fell on his knees. He gave his life to Christ. He got converted. He became born again. He became spirit-filled and began to tour the country with Wade Watts, this member of the NAACP, had this former Ku Klux Klan, and they went out together around the world and evangelized, and he was the first white minister ever ordained by the Church of God in Christ. Are you hearing me? But what changed? That's what changed. Now, let me, t the reason I'm saying that today, this is not a sermon for all, it's a sermon for everything. If our heart changes, God will bring every change that we need to have changed in our lives. 
whether it's your money, whether it's your attitude, whether it's some darkness in your heart, whether it's whatever it is in your life, God, if you will allow God, right now what God is wanting from his church is a change of heart. The change of heart will bring the change. It will cause you to see things differently, hear things differently, evaluate things differently, uh, uh, plan differently. Uh, everything will be different, but, but you cannot let voices around you pull you back in again. I sent out a text this morning to about 60 different ministers and I shared a little bit of, I said, we got to change our country now and we got to address this issue now. We are the church. God expects us to take the lead. God expects us to go to our congregations and we all need to get on our face and, and tell God we can do better than we've done. Not just in the, I'm, just, I'm using racism as just an issue here, but it's not the issue. The issue is our heart. I don't like this version of me. Are you shocked? You want to know why? I know I can do better than this. I know there's better than this. I've lived a, as a Christian for 44 years, but I, I know that there's still, I know I can do better. And with the help of God, I will be better. I will do better. I will become a stronger man of God. I will become more anointed for God. I will say yes more quickly to God rather than waiting a little while until I feel like it or maybe things are convenient. No. These are the days where I want to surrender. God's brought our nation through a horrible dark period with all this stuff with the coronavirus and all this dissension and all of these things going on. But I'm telling you, God wants to put us back in place and this time he wants us to have a celebration. Thanksgiving, I want to give you a couple things real fast. I'm going to ask the band to come back up here. Thanksgiving is critical. Folks, you have got to have a thankful heart. Thanksgiving is, is everything with God. It is the key. If you don't have a thankful heart, the moment you quit being thankful, the voice of God will get weaker. The voice of the world will get louder. It, it, you know, don't be complacent. I, w I wake up every morning. I see this beautiful woman lying beside me, but I remember and there was somebody else there many, 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 many years ago. Lord Jesus, help us all. No offense to her, but I'm just saying God has me with the right person. I wake up in a house, my God, I was raised in a house with, with an outhouse as a bathroom. I wake up and I look around, I get in a car that starts, I come to a beautiful place. I have folks like you to preach to. Why? I have to be thankful. I cannot, I cannot forget it. The Bible warns us over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. When I do this for you, don't forget. God says it again and again. When I do it, don't forget. I, when I do it, you cried when I do it, but don't forget. And what we see in the Bible is this pattern over and over and over. God, the people cry out, God delivers them, and then they forget. But we cannot forget. We have to be thankful. We have to repent. It's a forgotten thing in the body of Christ. We have to repent. Can you say amen? amen. Say it out loud. Say, Father God, I'm thankful for what you brought me through brought our nation through everything else we're going through with your help we're coming through your will be done on earth as it is in heaven let me do my part Lord I repent of giving you an inferior version of myself I know there's a better version I strive to be better to hear quicker to respond faster 
because you have many things you want to do with me, through me, and then for me. My life will overflow with blessings as I surrender to you. So today, June 7th, 2020, right now, everybody online too now, right now, I give myself to you. I recommit to you, Lord, my life in Jesus' name. Can you shout amen? You've been listening to the Outreach.fm podcast with your host, Pastor William Luffman. We hope you've gotten some inspiration from this show. We enjoyed bringing it to you. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, reach out online. Find our website at faithoutreach.org. The streaming platform is livestreamchurch.com. Get an inspirational shot at a doseofhope.com. You've been listening to Outreach.fm. And remember, no matter what the weather may seem like in your life, the sun's going to shine again.